This is the Swampscott Library's Librarians by the Sea podcast, where we share our love of a good book with you. I'm your host, Julie Travers. Hi, everybody. Today on the Librarians by the Sea podcast, I have Caroline, who is uh, a reference librarian and she's been on the podcast a ton of times at this point. Um, and we're going to be discussing Mexican Gothic, which is a book by Silvia Moreno Garcia. She's the author of a couple other books. And um, this new book is a darkly enchanting reimagining of a Gothic fantasy in which a spirited young woman discovers the haunting secrets of a beautiful old mansion in 1950s Mexico. So there's a lot to discuss here. Um, I figured it would be a good one for the month of October, especially given that there aren't a lot of other ways to celebrate Halloween, and this is kind of a spooky read. So I'm really glad to talk to Caroline about it. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So first, I was just wondering if you would be able to just give us a brief synopsis of the book. So basically, the book is about a woman in 1950s Mexico. Her name is Noemi, and she's sort of like a rich socialite. Uh, she is a little, she's a, likes dating, and she likes going to parties, but she's a little bit more, um, I wouldn't even say career-minded, but she likes going to school, and she likes learning. Mm-hmm. And her parents are kind of like, oh, like, like, we'll support you, but like... Do you want to do anything else? Like maybe marry also one of these socialites. <laughs> but I mean, luckily that's not a big focus of the book, but the really the story revolves around Noemi grew up with her cousin, Catalina and Catalina had recently married uh, just this random guy that was came from like a rich family or at least old family. Like they had been there for a while and the family was like, all right, well, this is kind of random and new, but I mean, he seems fine. And after a couple months of them living together, uh, Noemi's father receives a letter from Catalina about how it was a very garbled letter and how there's something wrong with them and the house. And it caused him to have a lot of concern. And so he doesn't want to he doesn't want to step on anyone's toes and sort of try and take Catalina from the house, which he, at that point, he doesn't really feel like he has a right to do that because she's married to them. Uh, So he sends Noemi to go and investigate and see what's going on and see if Catalina is sick, if she might need to come back to, I think, I think they're in Mexico city just to see if they need more care or if they're doing okay. And so that's, or that's how Noemi goes on her, adventure into the mountains in Mexico. Sounds pretty cool. It's really, it is really cool. Like it's just so atmospheric. Mm. The tension builds really nicely. That's great. So what parts of the book did you enjoy? And maybe what parts of the book did you not enjoy? I really enjoyed uh, Noemi. Noemi, I think is my favorite hero or maybe a better term right now is Shiro. it, that I've read in a while. She's She doesn't really change from the beginning of the book to the end, but we just get to see her use her wits 
you know, one up people in conversations and just use every skill set that she has to figure out what's happening and to to deal with the problems that arise. And that's just, it was just so satisfying. And I guess like the only parts I didn't really like is I didn't like I don't really like this in anything really, but I didn't like the reveal. Like it was fine. It was it was appropriate. It was fine. Um, I find that I don't really like the reveal of anything, especially when it does such a good job building the tension. Mm. But at that point, I think that's like a personal thing and like nothing's ever going to exceed my expectations <laughs> when the tension is built so nicely. Um, but it was really good. I And I'm not, I'm not a horror person. Mm-hmm. I don't really like scary things. Uh, I only really recently started to get into horror and watching scary things and reading things. <laughs> Um, I know a couple years ago when Haunting of Hill House dropped on Netflix, uh, I started to watch that and it was terrifying, but the characters and the story was so good that I got really into it. And I think the same with Mexican Gothic too. Mm. I guess when I like horror the most or anything scary is when it has more of a story and you can follow along and feel sympathetic to the characters and not when it's just scary just to be scary. Yeah, um, exactly. And Mexican Gothic does this really well. Like you feel for the characters, but then sometimes you trust them and sometimes you don't and you don't know what's happening half the time, but in like a good way, like in a way that you don't know what people experience, if it's real or if it's all in their head. Right. It's really good. Mm. So this book takes place in 1950s Mexico, which is kind of interesting and different in that we get a lot of books about the 1950s but most of them take place in america or the ones you know most popular did you think that the setting of the book and the historical time period made a difference in the story the way the story was told yeah i think it did i think um it leans on noemi uh sort of having to prove herself when i mean people women especially still have to prove themselves, especially like maybe in literature now, but here it felt appropriate and it felt like she delivered on her promises for the Mm -hmm. most part. And, uh, and I think the book does a good job describing Noemi's fashion, which was really nice. It just really was like a nice descriptive element that uh, made visualizing the story really easy. And um, it helps, especially in stories where the plot can be solved easily with texting or the internet. Um, it helps to take place in a time before then, especially in a time frame in the 1950s when it might take a little longer for inform- for you to like get a hold of somebody. Mm-hmm. They, the house uh, doesn't have any phones, so she has to go down to the village, and that takes a trip and sometimes she can't get a hold of somebody and or the other option is letters and that takes forever Mm -hmm. so it it helps build the tension knowing that like if you need help it's going to take a while Mm -hmm. so in the reviews that i read a lot of them talked about the mansion that the story takes place in where noemi goes and visits um can you describe that house to us at all So I think the house really represents sort of a lot of the themes in the book. The house is, imagine a 
English manor in a hilly countryside that's surrounded in fog and rain. And that is exactly the house that's here, only it's in the mountains in Mexico, where you don't really expect it to be. It just feels very out of place and I think adds to the tension. It's dark, it's dreary, there's fungus and stuff growing on, on everything. It just seems like gothic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not what I think Mexico to be. <laughs> atmosphere in Mexico. Yeah, so no, cool. it's very different than what you would expect. <laughs> so do you usually enjoy reading gothic literature in itself? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I enjoy Wuthering Heights. I enjoy Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, just a lot of the classics I've always really enjoyed. Um, I just like the darkness and, you know, evil of mankind kind of stories, you know, because we don't have enough of that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would say that I, I don't necessarily read a lot of horror, but I do read... Um, you know, a decent amount of gothic. Nice. And what did you think about sort of the own voices retelling of this story? Because the author is Mexican and writes about um, Mexico. Yeah, I thought it was really great to get fresh eyes and a new perspective on a genre that's primarily written by kind of old white men, even though Wuthering Heights and uh, Frankenstein is written by women. And they're probably my two favorites. And it's probably because it's by women. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just really nice just to be able to have a different culture, different, slightly different scope on something that also still feels very familiar. Because I think, I think a lot of genres are just so pegged into one place that they can only be like, Gothic can only be like 1800s England. And it's just not true. You can do it anywhere in the world at any place it just takes the the author to all right so i just i really appreciate it and i read um i read half of oh what was called it was gods of jade and shadow and that was really good i didn't get a chance to finish it because i had um some schoolwork come back up (laughs) um but uh that was really good too was that a similar style? It kind of was. It was definitely, it was, was not gothic in the least. It was more, um, it was more like mythology based mm-hmm. on um, Mexican mythology and gods coming back. And that was really good. I have to go back and read that because I do think about that book a lot mm-hmm. and how good it was. And then I had to put it down and I was sad. Mm-hmm. It kind of shows the versatility of the author and that she can jump from one genre to the other and put her own cultural perspective on on it. Yeah, and they they do feel like two very different books. Like now that, because actually at first when I picked up Mexican Gothic, I didn't realize it was the same author. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it and I was like, that does kind of make sense, but it's just, it's very different. Like normally when you read books by like the same author, like, I know like Anthony Horowitz and um, Ewan Coffer. I just read a lot of those authors when I was young, but you could kind of tell that it was the same author, mm-hmm. even though it's like different series. Um, but here it really, she has two very distinctive ways of writing, one for like a mystical side and one for a Gothic side. And that, that was really nice. Mm. That's great. 
So in reviews that I read about the book, it seems that there was uh, maybe a connection to eugenics in this book. Did you want to talk anything, talk about that at all? Yeah. Uh, so basically when Noemi goes and visits um, High Place, which is the manor, the family there are basically from, even though none of them had been born in England, they were all considered English because they came from like England and were part of colonization and um, they had a silver mining uh, company that was no longer in business now. But So basically they were just, like they just transplanted a little bit of England into Mexico and it just feels so off. And, and they consider themselves pure in a sense that like they're all English, but only because they've been like marrying their own relatives for the last like couple hundred years, which is, you know, just great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, they do, they comment on, um, they comment on Noemi and how dark she is because Noemi is um, at least half um, native, like mm -hmm. native Mexican. And, um, they comment on how she's much darker than her sister Catalina and eugenics does come up quite a bit, especially from the patriarch of the family, Howard, who was just a lovely gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> and I think even at some point, Noemi's like snooping around and she picks up a book and it's called like, <laughs> like the superiority of eugenics or something. It was some terrible title. And I think it does, it definitely like plays a role in this. And even in, I remember in Gods of Jade and Shadow, although not quite as much, it does bring it up. Um, just the, uh, the colonizers versus the native people. Mm. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, could you see a sequel from coming off the story, or do you think that the book was wrapped up in one, in its own book? I mean, I do feel like that the story and the book was wrapped up very nicely, but I would read a thousand books about Noemi and just mm. going about her life, because I absolutely loved her. Mm. She was just so, she was just such a great hero, like just such a great main character. And I just really want to read more about her and about bringing down the patriarchy. <laughs> it's great. Good for her. I know you mentioned that you've been getting more into horror. Any other suggestions, either TV-based or movies or books that you can recommend to people for uh, October? Yeah. I mean, it's always, I always recommend, I've already mentioned them twice, I think, but uh, I always recommend Withering Heights and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And I just finished Turn of the Screw by Henry James, uh, which is a great, Great, especially introductory introduction to horror. I um, I I enjoyed reading it. It was it's definitely that old timey style where they spend a lot of time describing the area around them in about one sentence on the plot <laughs> for every like two pages. But I mean, I I enjoyed it, and I read that because uh, Haunting of Bly Manor is coming out soon. Mm. Um, and I know Haunting of Hill House, uh, the TV series on Netflix. That's kind of what jump-started my interest in horror, even though I absolutely can't stomach horror at all. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither, but it's nice to hear that, you know, even Wuthering Heights, which is, you know, a classic and everybody's read it, can be considered 
there are some like spooky or spooky elements to it. That yeah. Are, like just atmospheric, like you said earlier. About Very. This book. And even, even this book, I think even someone who doesn't really like horror could definitely stomach a uh, uh, 99% of um, Mexican Gothic. <laughs> Cause it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just more atmospheric and it was so good at building tension and there really wasn't, I mean, you can't have a jump scare in a book, but there wasn't any moment where I was like, Oh, I got to put this down and it's going to give me nightmares. Right. That's a big thing. Going yeah. to sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. And maybe we can check in with you when you have a chance to see the Netflix show. Oh yeah, that's right. There is a Netflix show. It was greenlit back in August of 2020. So I mean, who knows when they'll be able to actually film it, but sure. it was really, yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I think that there, this is, it seems like a really good book to make into a series. Mm. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. For all of our patrons, we have a couple copies of Mexican Gothic. It's also available on ebook and audiobook, so you can put a hold on either of those. And you can also check out Silvia Moreno Garcia's other book. Um, which was mentioned earlier. Gods of Jade and Shadow. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.